Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. On this show, I interview life coaches, business coaches, and other coaches to discuss all aspects of coaching and business. We'll also take your questions, and you may even have the opportunity for live coaching right on the show. I'm Coach Andrew Poritz from Ingenuity Coaching, www.myfuturecoach.com. I help people transitioning from corporate America to entrepreneurship. My mission is to inspire and challenge you to dream big dreams, and with my coaching, help you to manifest those dreams into reality. If you're listening live and you want to call in with a question, the call-in phone number is 646-929-2893. Again, that's 646-929-2893. You can also go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash coachandrew, log into your account, and join the chat room. If you join as a guest, you may not be able to participate. So just log in to the, to the account. I have a guest tonight, a guest uh, coach, John Batesell, Jr. John's a spiritual coach or guide who founded New Circles of Light in 2008. When faced with a life-threatening addition, Addiction, John turned to a higher power in 2004 and reclaimed his life. He since has dedicated his life to helping others transform theirs. John offers individual instruction and guidance to those moving forward on a path toward love and light. He also hosts monthly workshops that provide participants with a variety of spiritual practices. John, are you with us? I sure am. Great. I'm really glad to have you on the show. Well, thanks for having me. So tell me about New Circles of Light. Well, New Circles of Light um, was grown kind of out of an interest uh, that I have in providing people with opportunities to kind of ground themselves, um, to reconnect with Source, and to kind of get in right relationship uh, with themselves and with other people and with life. Uh, I, I grew up in, in, um, in a pretty affluent setting, and uh, it occurred to me at an early age that people had everything that was uh, supposed to make them happy on paper, but I was still surrounded by um, dysfunction, fear, uh, people hiding in alcohol and, and other drugs and doing things that didn't represent health for themselves uh, or, or healthy relationships with other people. So I, I, I became interested in helping people kind of get grounded in something that can start to create um, space in their lives so they can begin to be honest about what's going on. And so that's kind of really what my inspiration was, is really providing people with, uh, with um, empty space. And, you've been, and you started that just last year. I did. I started that last year. Actually, um, kind of what happens to me is I get inspiration just kind of doing mundane <laughs> tasks. I, I saw um, driving to Manhattan a lot and uh, driving into Manhattan. And, and there's I live in, in Westchester, and, and part of that drive usually includes worry about you know worries about trying to get a parking space and you know worrying about being late and, and having kind of these fears show up in my life and. You, know, you get down to Manhattan and you start circling blocks. For those of you driving to Manhattan, can relate to what I'm talking to. And uh, you, know, you finally find a space. I always find I find one, and then um, 
uh, I get excited about it and then go off to where I'm going and come back. And, and uh, the last time that happened, I, I had this kind of epiphany where I was getting ready to, I started my car and I realized that, you know, I'm about to, somebody else is circling the block and probably had too much caffeine or drinking Starbucks and I'm about to create a space for them. And I got so psyched about it that I, I realized that um, part of my mission in life is going to be, you know, looking to help people create space for them. And that's really, that was kind of the birth of New Circles. Wow, what a, that's very interesting. So the the creating space for people to park created the the shift for you to create another kind of space for people. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's kind of the way I, I get these kind of, trans, I call them transmissions from sacred places. I kind of, you know, when you become, a, you kind of clear out stuff. You know, my journey's been about, removing things from my, you know, that I put in my body or that I, you know, kind of removing things that are in my mind that aren't helpful. You know, you, I, I found that, you know, there's just this opportunity for something to to show up there, and it's usually in the form of inspiration. And it's usually through, you know, through metaphors or, you know, for just what I'm up to during the day. Mm. So what uh, what sort of background or training brought you towards... Uh, being able to coach people or guide them? I think what's happened for me is uh, pretty early, at a really, actually at a really early age, around eight, um, all of a sudden I, I was sitting in the, in, the, in the family car and uh, I, this question came into my consciousness. It was like, who are you? Like, who are you? Like, really, who are you? What, who are you to be you? And it, it started this kind of inquiry that... Um, led me on a path to, to, to who, I, who, who am I. And so my training has really come in the form of seeking real, right who I am. And uh, so on that journey has included all kinds of different experiences. You know, like each one is kind of a spoke in the wheel. Uh, you know, numerous workshops. I went through a phase where I went on all different types of, of workshops. I also... Uh, experience. I was born uh, into the Episcopal Church, but moved, branched out, and and moved into um, Zen Buddhist, Zen Buddhism, and and uh, experienced all kinds of different forms of religion, and really was on the spiritual path that was anything that spoke of love to me or or created more space in me. So I was. Um, in better relationship with my wife or early on in, in, in with my family. I've just kind of added. So it's more about, for me, like it's this like life is this big buffet table. Mm. Whenever uh, I grab onto something that is, is loving, um, helps me greatly, I kind of incorporate in, uh, you know, in, in my path. And, and that's kind of what I draw on as a way to, to help other people. So t today, would you call yourself uh, a Buddhist? I would not call myself a Buddhist. You know, there's some traditions that say, you know, you got to dig one hole to kind of reach this this mm -hmm. place of of understanding and, you know, I guess enlightenment. For me, uh, it's been a lot of different holes. It's been a lot of digging and a lot of different holes, and each one has kind of had its own special gift and um, its own, I guess, opportunity for me to move forward into another, you know, kind of into a different circle of light. That was another kind of where I 
I got the inspiration for the name, is I think you can develop a practice. Um, for me, it's a spiritual practice, you know, for other people. It's, you know, coaching probably, you know, what you provide or other coaches provide. But for me, it's, it's a spiritual process and a practice that can lead you away from things that, you know, these unhealthy circles, you know, I think that people circle in, in, in unhealth and until they're committed to moving forward into new circles, they're kind of stuck. What would be an example of, a, of, a, of an unhealthy circle? An unhealthy circle would be like an addiction. You know, <clears throat> mm-hmm. People distracted from life by addictions. Um, uh, some real good distractions, and, and I was born in the Episcopal Church, so I do have Christian roots, so some of those roots and some of those teachings I've kind of adapted um, to to kind of help me, and, and some of those discussions are around like uh, the seven deadly sins, except I don't call them the seven deadly sins, I call them the seven helpful sins, because um, I don't know if you know it or not, but sinning is actually a Greek word that refers to archery, and it's about you know putting missing the mark. When you're sinning, your your arrows aren't hitting the target. And I think if you start to take a look at those, um, those like lust and gluttony and greed and sloth and anger, um, you start to look at how you are in relationship to envy and pride. You get a chance to see: um, Are you uh, being distracted and moved, moving away from life in the present moment based on these, or are you? You know, are you moving away from those? Or are you kind of locked into a circle of lust where you continue to look at uh, porn on the internet, or you go to strip clubs, or you, you know, who knows what you're up to? But, um, you know, that there's an opportunity to kind of move beyond that. And I, you know, from my experience, you really can't do it on your own. You need to develop a practice um, to, to do that. And uh, so, how would one? Develop a practice, and who would? How would that? How would somebody find a, a person to help them with that? Well, lust just happened to be one of, but any, you know, any any of these things, you mm-hmm. know, if you want to, the best way to do it is is find somebody who has what you want. You know, you find a, a place for somebody who's who's had that in their journey, and and it no longer occurs. You know, how did you do that? What was it about that that? You know, what it, was it about what they did that um, allowed them to move away from it? For me, um, it's it's asking from a source beyond myself. It's like, for me, it's God. And, and uh, you know, God in the form of, you know, a, something greater than myself or good orderly direction from, from a group or another person. So you now you spoke of addiction for yourself. What was there any particular addiction? Was there more than one? You know, I call them dance partners now. You know, I danced with a lot of stuff <laughs> uh, early on in my uh, life. Um, you know, I, I found drugs and alcohol and and sex and you know, other things that um, I was dancing with that distracted me and kept me kind of numbed out to life. So that that and and I suffered, and I suffered a lot. And and the spirit there's a spiritual thing that goes that like religions for people who are scared of of hell, and spiritualities for people who've, who've already been there. Huh. And uh, I certainly had my own hell. I created yeah. my own hell um, in being addicted. And the final real addiction for me was food. I, 
you know, I couldn't couldn't stop eating. I had some bulimia creep in. I, I was sick with food. I was I was a glutton. You must have some uh, interesting food stories, I would imagine. Well, I th- you know what happened to me? I think part of it was um, I got used to get a lot of uh, recognition for my ability to eat large quantities of food. And so you know, I would pile it on, and I'd always have to eat the biggest and always have to eat the hottest. And, you know, it was, it was part of a way that I, I got attention. But um, it was also, you know, I developed an unhealthy relationship with food to the point where I really couldn't control myself. You know, we have these compulsions and we have these urges, which to me are like unhealthy circles that unless there's there's another spiritual kind of truth that is, you know, you can't fix a problem at a, at a level of consciousness that the problem was created. So if you want to move beyond greed or you want to move beyond... Um, gluttony or lust or any addiction, you really have to to um, kick it up a notch in your in your level of consciousness. And you can do that by developing a spiritual practice like meditation, um, prayer. Uh, there's physical spiritual di- disciplines, and at New Circles of Light workshops, that's what we really do: is we try to introduce people who've never experienced meditation or prayer, what the benefits can be, and um, or Tai Chi or yoga. There's tons of spiritual disciplines that can help you move forward, move your game forward in the uh, in, the, in your level of consciousness. Mm. So, what are uh, some of the things you've used in your practice as a spiritual coach? Some of the things, like one basic thing for me, for people is, uh, you know, God is such a kind of trigger for people in terms of like a you know like a hook that distracts them and moves them into, you know. A lot of talk about the the, the God of their you know re- religion of origin, um, and sometimes it's not helpful, you know. But I think the important thing I, I try to direct people to do is like take a look at what God, what that word means to them, what that is clearly defined. Because if you know, part of what I coach people to do is to develop a relationship with a higher power. And if you if you haven't really defined what that is. I think it's like that's step number one is to really figure out what it is that you're what it is that you're attempting to develop a relationship with or get closer get closer to. And so what I ask people to do is kind of um, write like what God is to them. That's like number one and number two. What would their perfect God be? And uh, number three would be like what would what would you have to make number one be to have it be number two? Hmm. And so what I found is, you know, at least from my own experience, you know, the God of my religion and the God of kind of my my, my childhood was, you know, I had this experience that we, we had a golden retriever that swallowed a golf ball. And uh, I was about six years old, and I got on my knees, and I prayed to God to, you know, for the dog to live. And uh, about a week later, the dog died. So that was kind of my first experience with God, like my first time I went to God and asked for help, and it and it didn't happen the way I thought it, it was supposed to happen, and or you know what I heard would happen, and so that was kind of the start. And then after that, God for me was kind of uh, created. It was almost like Santa Claus, like a big white guy with a beard in the sky that kind of doled out gifts to people and, you know, but basically you were wrong and you were bad and, and uh, you know, you were a sinner 
um, and you were condemned to this life of never quite measuring up. So that was kind of the initial, you know, God of my childhood. And so part of my journey's been about, you know, developing a relationship with a God who's loving and acceptance, accepting and not judgmental for me, you know, and it, and it's for everyone. Everyone's on their own journey and on their own path. So what would I recommend, though, is for people to start to cultivate what that looks like and what it can mean to them if they, they start to, to get clear on, on what that God is. And, and the other thing is if you, if you kind of if you have a God who's judgmental, um, then it opens a window for you to be judgmental and, and, and harsh. And, and so uh, that's kind of like the ground level. That would be a place to start. So what's really interesting then for me is that you are helping people to create their own vision of what God looks like to them. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a, a total coaching approach. That's great. Yeah. Because as yeah. coaches, we don't really tell people how to think or what to what to do. What we draw it out of them. Absolutely not. I'm so clear that you know. I I, I really think that a big part of the journey is is realizing that within you uh, there is a higher self, and within you. Uh, when you when you have the opportunity to get quiet um, and not be so distracted, that that inner that inner that inner the Christ consciousness, the Buddha consciousness, uh, whatever you want to call it, it's in there. And so everybody has what they need within them. I'm so clear on that that it's just more about like what you're saying. It's more about getting people in touch with that. Yeah, that's a fundamental co- a co- coaching competency, actually, is to take on that viewpoint that people already have the answers, and it's our job to ask the right questions and get them to find it. Yeah. You can also take that a step further and walk around thinking that, you know, you, you know, this is, I, I don't remember where I heard this, but um, some spiritual teacher or guru walks around convinced that everyone else on the planet is enlightened but them. Yeah. So, you know, it's then then you really you, you become coachable. Sure. So I, I like that. Okay. So, uh, tell me more about uh, the specifics of how you work. Like, I know that you offer individual instruction and guidance, and you do some workshops. So, I'd like to hear more about that. Well, with the workshops, basically, what we do is. We kind of what I what I was just talking about. We we kind of set the stage for for people to come and experience what meditation is and what prayer is, so that the lineup is kind of like, well, I just had a workshop, and it was fun because it was really it was an all day experience, and it started with sunrise and it and it ended it actually after sunset with a kirtan. But what I do is I find people who have. Um, changed or altered their lives, transformed their lives through a spiritual discipline and bring them together with people uh, for a workshop. And they, they usually have, they happen once a month. And uh, so that's kind of the workshop. For me individually, um, the way that works is if you know, somebody from a workshop or a friend or just about any, I mean, I'm like, I'm so available like for people just, you know, it could be at Whole Foods, but Whenever there's an opportunity to 
to maybe have people see life in a different way, um, and the opportunity presents myself and the people are open to it, I'll try to you know, explain to them that there might be another way to look at something. One thing I'm big on is, is like, writing circles. Like one thing I do is ask people to make kind of, it almost looks like a snowman with, with three circles. And um, one represents the mind and the other represents the body. And the one in the middle is kind of like the soul or the spirit. Mm-hmm. And then to look at really like what are you putting into those circles uh, that, that doesn't represent health and life and what are you putting into those circles that does? So, for instance, somebody who's with food, like for me, I don't eat flour or sugar or uh, pasta or uh, potatoes. You know, I, I eat you know, I eat a very strict diet. I also, so I look at what I was putting in my body um, and remove things that don't represent health for me. And you can really get clear on that. And also with, with my mind, um, you know, if I'm in a place where I'm compressed or I'm, I'm feeling off balance or out of center or I'm, I'm on it, so to speak, I take a look at, like, what is that voice in my head telling me? Like, is it something, it's usually repetitive, something from my childhood or something that's just negative. And uh, what I do is I take a look at what I'm usually telling myself in a breakdown and I can see that it's never true. So I can remove that from that circle. So if you, if you get clear on kind of like um, developing a practice that allows you to really look in an honest way about what you're putting in your body, what, what's going on in your mind, and then, you know, what, what you're surrounding yourself with in your, in your daily walk. Are you feeding yourself spiritually or is that a completely ignored part of who you are? That would be some more kind of individual coaching I would give people. What would be... Um when you say feeding yourself spiritually, can you give me an example of that? Yeah, you know, finding things that really uh, speak to you. For me, it's nature. You know, I love to be out in nature. Uh, I love to be out in the woods. I love to observe the, the seasons. And I really got clear that, um, you know, for me, I'm no different than, than nature. You know, I have, I have winters. I have uh, spring and I have falls in my life and, you know, I have summer, so um, I, I, I love to be outside, and, and, and I like to, to listen to, to, to pretty music. Um, I, like, I, I meditate, and I, I have a little spiritual area in my house that's quiet and peaceful where I can, I can feed my soul, and I can um, kind of, it's really, for me, it's about finding quiet spaces where I can slow down and away from the hustle and bustle of what we we get bombarded with in the, in the physical world and just kind of be at peace. And is that something you do on a daily basis? Yeah, I, I, that's the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is meditate, and it's the last thing I do before I, I go to bed. And then if I find myself during the day kind of coming back to nature or coming back to the present moment um, almost constantly. There's always for me an opportunity to witness, um, especially this time of year. It just it's just so beautiful, and it's everything's cracking and popping, flowers around us. It's all an opportunity to come back to the present moment and witness something beautiful in nature. 
What, uh, what kind of environment do you live in? Do you have a uh, nature surrounding you? Well, I live in Westchester County, um, so there's there's a lot of woods, and mm-hmm. I got a beautiful backyard, and I got birdhouses, and you know, I can, I'm, you know, literally five minutes away from all kinds of different parks, and there's 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 a lot to be, you know, a lot to lot to go outside. The ocean, you can go down to the beach. Not the ocean. There's going on in the town. Close enough. Yeah. That sounds great. So tell me um, more about any of the training or, that you've had in your uh, leading up to you becoming a coach or anything related to that. Well, the training, like, so to speak, like I, I, I touched on a little earlier, like I went through this phase where I, I really, uh, it was almost like uh, <laughs> just this continual process of moving from teacher to teacher. I started really uh, enjoying Alan Watts' stuff and uh, spent a lot of time. He's a Zen Buddhist teacher that really brought a lot of of, um, that Eastern religion to the United States early on. And then I moved on to to Wayne Dyer for a long time. I listened to a lot of Dr. Wayne Dyer stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you know, if you went to the bookstore and you looked in, in the CD department there, and in, in spiritual guides and and self help, um, you know, I've plowed through all that stuff many times. I've been on all kinds of retreats and seen um, different coaches live: uh, Adi Shante, Thich Nhat Hanh, Chodron. All their stuff uh, really spoke to me. Andrew Harvey, I've, I've been to his workshops and. All of them are about kind of returning to love, you know, returning to the sanity. And for me, again, it's like what what the gifts are from a process. It's 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 like an evolution, uh, like like an evolution for me. Like here's another good example. Like uh, my 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 older son was going off to college a couple of years ago, and my wife and I were were heading up, and and she she had um, raised him. I took him. I took on being his father when we got married. But she was going to drop him off at school, and they were going to be apart for the first time in their lives. And so I knew ahead of time that she was going to be. It was going to be very emotional, kind of hard, highly charged weekend, and there might be a chance that you know she'd be upset. So what I did was kind of set the groundwork for allowing her to to kind of be who she was going to be, and not um, be reactionary to her, and just be more open. And so the training that I've had has kind of given me real-life examples of, of where I can kind of practice these things and then, tra- you know, kind of talk about my experiences to people is really kind of one of the best ways I've found for teaching, and it's through metaphor. So I got up to St. Lawrence in New York, and about, you know, three times she was yelling at me. I don't know. It was about parking. I don't know what it was. But, I, I you know, I gave her a loving free pass because I knew ahead of time that there was already going to be this, um, this emotion, this emotionally charged weekend. And so I survived the weekend with her, and it, I, at the end of the weekend it occurred to me, well, if I can do it for the weekend, you know, if I can give her a free pass this weekend, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give her a free pass for the rest of our marriage. And um, not only that, I mean, if I can do it for her, I can do it for everybody else. And while I'm at it, if I'm going to do it for her and everybody else, I might as well do it for myself, you know, just give myself a loving free pass. So... That's kind of a long answer to your question, but basically my training has been uh, life and and uh, all different spiritual gurus and uh, landmark education has been part of it. 
I'm a, I'm a firm supporter of the 12-step movement. All of it's kind of combined to put me in a position where I've removed so many uh, toxic uh, things from my past. I've cleaned up so many relationships and moved away from old dance partners that I really just kind of become so clean, so to speak, and operating at a level that has taken me, you know, quite a quite a journey to get to in terms of being totally clean from any real substances that are distracting me. Um, I have a very dedicated spiritual path, and I continue to to remove things, uh, you know, that which you know old thoughts or old um, patterns that would distract me from life. So I'm I'm kind of really firing on all cylinders, and I'm, I'm in the zone, so to speak. Can you give me a, an example, perhaps, um, of course, without saying any names or anything, but of some somebody that you've been able to help, what type of, of a situation that you create a result in by you coaching them? Um, it, it, it happens quite a bit. Uh, I, I, in, in, some of it's in a formal setting, but in, in other times it's just casual. I was, I was walking through the Whole Foods, Whole Foods parking lot about, you know, this was, I don't know, a while ago, and there's a woman, she was loading her car with groceries, and in the back of her car was uh, all kinds of sports equipment and surfboards and, and sand, and she was apologizing for it. She was um, looking kind of like, uh, that there was something wrong there, and I looked at her and I said, you know, that's a that's a sign of of, of a life well lived, of people living. And you know, about I don't know, a year later, she she ran up to me at Whole Foods and said, were you the guy that talked to me in the parking lot there? Did you come up and talk about that? What a life life what a what a uh, a life you know that that we were living life. And she said that transformed my life, and and I and I totally. Um, changed uh, how I view things, and, and um, she thanked me profusely. So that's one example. But um, tons, you know, I have so, so many examples of people who are in, in compressed situations where they're not in relationship with themselves or with life or with other people. And a lot of times, some of the best coaching is just being an open space, an open listening for other people. And it helps to compress them, decompress them. Right, I agree fully. What I wanted to... Oh, before I forget, uh, if anybody is listening and you'd like to call and ask John a question, the phone number is 646-929-2893. We have a couple of people in the chat room who are very quiet tonight. And you guys are welcome to ask a question. I can read it and, and ask John the question. So we are down to our last 13 minutes. The show is moving kind of fast, which is good. Uh, so uh, you had mentioned Landmark Education, and actually you and I know each other from Landmark Education. So what would you say you got the most out of? We were recently in a class called Self-Expression and Leadership. You're asking me what did I get out of that class? Oh, uh, you can tell, actually anything that you'd like to say about what you've gotten out of out of the education at Landmark. Yeah, Landmark has been an important spoke in the wheel for me. Very important um, <coughs> process. Uh, you know, 
know, as you know, they don't talk really about spirituality down there, but um, they really they give you an opportunity to move away some, from some old ingrained patterns and some old kind of dysfunctional thinking that 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 goes on. Um, it's it's been an important part of my experience. I've uh, I've just recently, as you mentioned, com- completed the entire curriculum uh, for living there, and it it's really um, it's 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 helped me tremendously, uh, and really it's been interesting. And, and one of the things that I got was just recently I was with my son. I was with my son. My I also have a four year old who goes to pre-K, and uh, I took him down to the pool, and um, he was so excited to see me. You know, he he was looking up at the bleachers, and I was up in the bleachers looking down at him, and I, I really was so present um, to him and his excitement and feeling so loving toward him and so supportive, um, and it occurred to me at that point that he, he was really getting into it, and, and at times he forgot that I was there, and he was just hanging out with his buds in the pool swimming, and I was all excited to watch him, but he forgot I was there, and, I, and it occurred to me that's, that's a lot like my journey in life. You know, I, I showed up on the planet and forgot that there was something in the bleachers of force that was completely supporting me and putting me in positions where um, I was being supported and loved, and I and I and I'd forgotten, and so that whole pool experience became kind of this reconnection. And and the reason I'm mentioning it, it recently happened during my self-expression and leadership book. I'm like everything that's happened during my landmark experience there w- within the curriculum has led to kind of outside epiphanies. Uh, you know, you learn about attachment um, versus commitment. So you get a chance to move into a place where you're not attached to results and you know, you're just committed to outcomes. And one thing I'm for sure is I'm committed to, to helping people. You know, as, my, as I talked about earlier, when uh, I gave up that parking space, you know, committed to creating um, space. But out of the curriculum for living, I also got uh, a better relationship with my wife, much clearer communication with my parents, I've gotten closer with friends. I've had a chance to uh, to look at my life where it was incomplete and where I needed to go back and, and take responsibilities for things that didn't represent everybody winning. I recently went down. This was uh, an interesting experience. I went down because in the 80s, a girl and I had eaten down in Arthur Avenue at Little in a, in a restaurant in Little Italy, and I we left without paying the bill. So recently, I went down to get complete down there. I went in and asked for the manager and sent me to this back room with the manager and the other guy said, listen, I came here in the 80s and ate dinner and didn't pay the bill and I, and I came today to, to get that right, to straighten that out. And he goes, that's a first. And the <laughs> other guy looked at me and he goes, uh, he goes, what are you, Catholic? And I said, no, I'm not Catholic. I said, but I'm just, you know, I'm trying to clean up any messes or any, you know, any places where I was out of line and, um, not, you know, I needed to put integrity back in my life. And, uh, well, he goes, well, he goes, I said, so I'd like to I'll figure out and, you know, give you a pay- payment. And he goes, payment? He goes, forget about it. He goes, do you want a ca- cappuccino or an espresso? I said, no, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, it was it was interesting. He, um, 
he and I talked for a while, and uh, and afterwards I said, so we're good. He goes, he goes, yeah, but where's your friend? No, he was kidding around with me, like he's going to go after my friend. Uh, well, there are some places on Arthur Avenue where uh, you might not want to walk in the back to the to speak to the manager. Well, I went in, you know, just with knowing that I needed to to handle something for the past, and that's you know kind of another thing that I got from from landmark was that uh, you know how important integrity is and how important you know, correcting things from the past and, uh, that was a place I, I needed to go to to clean something out you know that for me is an opportunity to create an empty space you know there's a place that that uh, was kind of a you know we built at least from my experience we built kind of tartar over the years from our actions and our thoughts and our deeds and um you know, when we get to, I'm, I'm 45 years old, I've got to a place where there was a lot of stuff to clean up and a lot of kind of uh, places where I needed to ask for forgiveness and, and say I was sorry. So I've been taking it on, like, you know, wherever there's an opportunity, I take it on. Well, here's a, here's a question, because you just made me go back in time to about eight years old when I stole a half a package of monster print putty from the stationery store, mm-hmm. uh, which is long gone. That store is, there's no place to go back to. What would you have done if that restaurant were no longer there? I would have made a charitable, charitable contribution somewhere. I would have tried to figure it out. Well, you know, it was probably about a hundred bucks. So I would have made a hundred, hundred dollar charitable contribution, you know, to a place. I like that. Okay, because I'm I now you're making me think how am I going to rectify this long ago lack of integrity? Yeah. And I, I and I could still recall lying about it. Yeah. Yeah. I recently went back in the 4th grade I stole comic books from Bruce Museum in Connecticut. And I recently went back I still had the comics. And I went back to return them or, you know, give them the value for what the comics were. And it wouldn't take them, and it turned into just kind of a funny conversation. But you know, they, I still have the comics. She wouldn't; they wouldn't take them. I made right. a charitable contribution, though, to the place. You know, it's funny those could have been worth a lot more today than they were back then, too. They absolutely are worth a lot more today, and I explained that to them too. They wanted me to have them. Well, that's that's very nice. Okay, so uh, we just have a few minutes left in the show. Is there anything else? Oh, well, you know what I'd like to ask is, uh, I would how would people get in touch with you? Well, they can um, go to newcirclesoflight.com and register. Contact me that way. That would probably be the best way. Do you, do you um, have any... Uh, um, any sort of uh, newsletter or blog or anything that you do to keep in touch with people? Basically what happens is when they register, uh, I, I add them to my email list and email them upcoming events. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And uh, do you also, do you uh, deal with people who are outside of your area? Sure, I deal with anybody. Yeah. Okay. So somebody, you know, because, you know, I have people, uh, I've discovered I've had listeners as far away as Morocco. Wow. And um, so you, you never know, you might be getting an email from somebody from far, far away. Well, that would be exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, 
Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Good. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Well, I really appreciate uh, you, John. It's been uh, very uh, great to know you and to have you on my show. Again, that's John Batesell, Jr., New Circles of Light, and he'd love to hear from you. So anybody out there, feel free to contact him, and you can also take a look on the show site, and I have his email address listed there as well. Okay, so again, thanks, John, and for everyone out there, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Good night.